welcome into another episode of Scouting Synopsis. We're here to talk about the Columbus Crew. Chris, they are the three-time MLS Columbus Crew MLS champions. And guess what? We were there. And guess who else was there? Our guest this week. See it, save it. Guess what? We're here to talk about the champions. How are you doing? Welcome to the show. Pretty good. I mean, I can't, uh, I obviously can't complain. It's certainly good to be coming off a title, a somewhat unexpected title. Um, hopefully we can run it back. And at the very least, my uh, crew stacks that I've had for years that came good yeah. last year can at least run back a couple victories and so rare. That'd be nice. Yeah, that's sick. Yeah. Tell me, tell me about it. Cause obviously we were at the, at the final and you've been a, a crew fan forever. We've gone back and forth with like DC crew games all the time. Um, tell me what that that moment's like. Like, how does it feel to, to be in your own stadium and, and be hoisting the cup? It was. I mean, it was definitely it was definitely unexpected. I mean, I I was I was telling you guys before we got going. Like, we had a we had a good season, and we were excited for Nancy. We were excited for the roster. I thought we had a lot of talent. I figured, hey, we'll uh, we'll definitely make the playoffs. We'll you know we we, we can give some people a run. And then we started off slow. We had some wins. We looked good. But we, you know, had, we had still some of the stuff from the Porter era where we'd give up leads yeah. late for no reason. And, and, you know, I definitely didn't feel like the roster was fully there. And then we started to gain some ground during the League's Cup and look good, even though we didn't make a run. And then all of a sudden, oh, by the way, here comes Saudi and Zellerayan's just gone. Like, oh, great. Well, there goes our best player. And then a day or two later, okay, you're getting Rossi. Well, he wasn't that great in Turkey. Who knows? Obviously, he used to be awesome. He's not quite yeah. a 10, whatever. Let's see what happens. And then we just got red hot and it's worked. I definitely thought it was done when we got to this Cincy game and we're down two. I knew we had a chance, <laughs> but I'm like, and if I, I could not fathom going out to Cincy, whoever lost that game between the two, it was going to be death to both of them. Like, it, yeah, that, that, that would have been worse than anything else you could have told me about is be losing to Cincy in that scenario. Well, listen, talking about losing, I just want to say you're welcome because it wasn't until that Orlando City came back and won that 4-3 thriller at home that, like, Columbus season turned around because, like, it was looking a little rough. There was questions about the defense, and Orlando exploited it. And I, I got to admit, ever since then, yeah, the Columbus crew never looked the same. And, uh, yeah, look at that. They won. Uh, That's true. You know what? That, we was, that was completely that, that they set us off on that run. You are 100% right. Which kind of backfired because then you knocked us out. And that was yeah, that's true. You didn't quite. Yeah, we we knocked off some some teams that you need us to knock off, but then you accidentally got knocked off. So wait, a who, uh, <laughs> who who called the Orlando Columbus game like correctly between the two of us, Jorge? I don't remember that because I think I think you had said Orlando was going to be going to the conference final, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had it down. I didn't want to face Columbus. That was the one team because both games during the season were crazy. And then facing them in the playoffs, it was going to be 10 times crazier. And uh, yeah, I was scared. So I was wrong about that. Oops. Yeah, T. Price makes a good point too. Atlanta were the team that could have beaten Columbus in the playoffs. And I think that was my uh, my synopsis or my diagnosis was whoever wins that Atlanta-Columbus match is going to Orlando and winning that game and then is going to get to the conference final and who knows. Um, and you mentioned the Cincy game, uh, which was wild. I was, I was watching that game and just I, – I don't know why. I'm not a Columbus fan. I just knew Columbus was coming back. Like there was no doubt in my mind – 
that Columbus was going to uh, to get back into that game and, and to win it, just with the way since he was playing and like subbing off. Uh, I believe they subbed off Lucho, if I'm not mistaken. Like late in no, the they, the problem was they left him on. They oh yeah, yeah, that, that's right. That's and right. he was just out there. He was dead around with just yeah, he was in the world. And, dead. Correct. And he, and they didn't they need him on. Him. Yeah, they didn't need him on. Yeah, uh, correct. Yeah. yeah, that was. I, I was actually at both the home Atlanta games, and obviously the first one felt great. And I almost knew going to Atlanta that we weren't going to beat them. I didn't think we were yeah. going to get beaten bat that badly, but it it didn't feel. I don't know. That new three game set is kind of it's kind of a weird, weird format. It's a weird. One, and I sure. I don't think teams. I mean, we didn't rest anybody, but it just felt yeah. like all right. If you get down. Who cares? Get back home. It's going to be cold. Yeah. It's you're going to be rocking. I don't know. That that was a weird format change. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if I was the biggest fan of that. Hey, they'll probably I think it it's nice though because you don't just go on the road and get beat and that's it. Like you get a chance to answer and then hey, if you can beat the other team on the road at least once, then you earned it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I don't, I just don't like the, the general format. Um it's not, so it's not football. It's definitely a soccer thing for sure there. <laughs> um so yeah, that that was last year, and you guys won the cup, and and Lottie Da, talk to me about the next season coming up here, right? This is what we're worried about and what we're focused on now. Um, talk to me about this next season, what we expect, uh, who we think stepping up, who's you know maybe had too good a season and we don't think is going to be as good this year. Like, talk, give me your overview of twenty twenty four. What have you done for me lately? Right? Exactly. That was at exactly. least two months ago. Like. Yeah. It does not count anymore. That that was a completely different calendar year ago. Like that's, yeah. um, but so they didn't change much. We know exactly. I was just I I was looking. I mean, I was looking through this before. I mean, I know the roster, but I was looking through this beforehand. Kind of like, all right, am I missing anything? Have I, I? You know, I've been on the road for work, and I'm like, did have I missed anything here? And we haven't really done a ton. I mean, we mostly extended yeah. some important positions. We didn't really not extend any overly important like spots where it's like, Oh man, I really would have wanted to see that guy stay. Josh Williams retired. He didn't play at all last year. He's, he's a good dude to have around and I wouldn't be shocked if he sticks around just as a, as a guy to be around. Obviously he's just going to be boosting collections or, you know, he, or when we get coach cards maybe, <laughs> but he's not going to be around. Um, goalie wise, obviously Schulte had some struggles early, took over for room when room was sick or hurt. And then, took over for him to the point that room is now in back in the Netherlands. He's solid. He has his moments here and there, but he got more and more confident on set pieces, which is always what terrorized me mentally all year was a late set piece that just <laughs> corner goal, you know, anything, but he got more confident throughout the year. And I, Nancy was always working with him. And it was always kind of in the press that he was working with him on those statements. He's great with his feet. He's great with his arm. I mean, he had at least one assist on a throw last year that I can remember and a couple that led to it, you know, it's the old hockey assist. Um, so he's definitely good playing it out of the back, which is certain help, certainly helpful. He's obviously the starter. They re-signed Bush for another year just because I think they wanted some consistency at the backup spot. And also he's a good team guy. I, I don't – when we get to the first, like, fixture congestion or, like, the the CCL, which I think we get that first buy, so we don't play right off the bat on that. Yep. I think he's the backup until Hagen proves he should be the backup. And then even then, it's really just if they get really congested, obviously if Schulte gets hurt or they used, they were giving they were giving Bush the um, open cup starts and then they gave him the f- 
first or second Leagues Cup match. I can't remember. It's not going to be a lot. It's if it's Schulte's yeah. healthy, he's the starter. Um, obviously, he's U23 for those that dabble in those. So you're thinking he starts like 90%. I think he's I think he's starting unless for some reason he really needs a break or it's one of those where they get really congested and they want to give one of the other guys a match. I don't yeah. I don't think they brought in Hagen to challenge him for the starting role. I think they just wanted someone that's not 37. Like and Evan Bush is great what, as a as a backup. But what happens if Schulte has some rough moments at the start of the year? Like the, I Bush yeah. does not inspire me as like, ah, we have a backup plan. It's like, yeah, Correct. he's kind of our guy. And if he's not doing it, then we're just up a creek. Correct. Yeah. I mean, it, like, I think it's, I really just think it's Bush until they, pr- they feel confident that Hagen can potentially be that backup. But like you said, I think if Schulte really, really struggles, I think he has a pretty long leash to struggle because I don't think either of them are, oh, this guy's going to come in and really challenge. I honestly do not know that much about Hagen. It just kind of based on what I, I've seen, like he seems suitable, but I don't think, I think he'll have a relatively long leash because he had some struggles last year and they saw him work himself out of it. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's you... Bush until it's it's not as far as those other random spot starts. And I don't know, unfortunately, wise that we're going to know that it's coming, you know, before a right. lineup lock or anything right. like that. Right. It's really just if he gets hurt, if Schulte gets hurt. I got I got yeah, bitten by the by the uh, Bush one last year where he started the League's Cup match. And I had like dead nuts lineup on the whole rest of the lineup. <laughs> but I had Schulte in there. And then I wake up. I think I was at the British Open. And so it was in the middle of the night for me. And I looked at the roster the next morning. I'm like, wait, what happened? Oh, man. I think I had oh, maybe almost 300 between the other four oh, players. No. And I'm just sitting there with – and it was a Bush clean sheet, but it was – I had not Schulte. Yeah. (laughs) That's the worst. And like it happens. Obviously buying goalkeepers on Silver isn't always the funnest thing. Schulte comes at a premium because he is U23. What are the rumblings like with his future with the club? Like, is it is he one of those guys that there's talks that he wants to go overseas, or do you think he'll be around for quite a while? I don't I haven't heard anything that just straight up says like this is I mean, obviously he just got called into the national team squad which he's deserving of, but it's also one of those, Hey, we're, it's bringing all the MLS guys. Let's bring in some youth, see what we have, um, get some guys capped and that kind of thing. So there's, he's definitely well thought of. Um, I think if he has another big year, they'll certainly start being talks. I mean, we've had Stefan go before and that kind of thing, but I haven't heard at least anything through any of like our beat reporters or anything that are like, Hey, he's getting looks from this championship team or anything yet. But I think another strong year, it's certainly possible. Are you a Stefan fan, by the way? I did. I did like him. I like. Yeah, I. I I mean, he's not been doing a ton, obviously, playing wise. He got hurt, and he kind of got you know in the depths of Man City. But I, he he was talented when he was around the last time. I can't find a reason why he might not still have it. It might take him a little bit to get rolling. But yeah, yeah, I mean, he he's the talent's there. I and I can only assume it's still there facing. Man City players and then facing even championship players, even in practice, like you got to get yeah. your, your game shape back. But I think he'll probably be good in Colorado. I would think once his cards come out, some people will be excited for those. He'll definitely be very expensive. Yeah, that's that's another. I was kind of uh, shocked that they didn't have any printed from City. I would have thought at least yeah. like one of the years, you know, they print everything. Yeah, I think I think they didn't have the Prem the year that he was actually on City's. You know what? That's backup. right. And then yep. he went to wherever he went, Middlesbrough or wherever. Um, you're and right. That that makes sense. 
but hey, we'll, we'll we'll see what we get there. But hey, there's there's another thing that's cooking that's always cooking in Columbus, that midfield duo with Nagby and Aiden Morris. Aiden Morris was on a complete heater. Like some would say it was his breakout season, even though he's been around. But like last year was really his like, oh, man, Aiden Morris is here. Do you think that those scores that he put up last year and his performance, do you think he'll kind of put up the same kind of numbers again? Or do you think he'll maybe slow down a little bit? Because um, he was really hot this year. I think you'll have stretches, obviously, just kind of depending on the the matches and the, the stretches where, I mean, he, you're not, I don't think you're going to have too many matches where he's just out there and he puts up a 35 to 38. Like those just based, if he's out there, he's going to score higher than that just based on the fact that he's involved defensively and he helps offensively yeah. unless he subs off early or picks up, you know, a negative decisive somehow, which there weren't really a ton of those either. I think maybe he might've conceded a penalty at one point I remember, but like, there's not a lot of that. So if he's out there, which they're going to put him out there, if he's healthy, he's going to play 60 plus minutes and he's going to get counting stats and get, get all around stuff. The decisives here and there, I mean, he gets forward and blasts a couple goals every now and then, and he also will, you know, get a couple assists here and there. I'm not going to say that he's going to sit there and paying all those dark, dark green scores, but the the build is there, and obviously the people around him are there that when we're winning, he's just pushing up, dinging passes to all these guys and just, just pinging away at all around. And when we're down – He's playing a lot of defense and he's getting points from the defense. So, I mean, it's, it's certainly possible that he can repeat a lot of that performance because it wasn't a lot of decisives that got him there. Yeah. I think that's the thing I always look for is like his AA is ridiculous. 24 one. If you look at just starts 24 two and you're right. He doesn't have a ton of decisives, but when he does hit decisives, he's banging hundreds out, which is huge. Right. Um, so like having that kind of upside, because normally you see like a 24 AA, you're talking about like Sean Davis back in the day when he was at Red Bulls, where like he was never going to have an assist or a goal, but like he was going to bang out a 25 AA for you. And you were going to, you were going to be solidly on a 60, but like, this is this is more upside than most of those types of guys typically have. So he's honestly one of the one of the highest upside guys in the league for sure. If he can even, I mean, even a twenty AA is fine if you can chip in, you know, three four goals in a season. Um, you're gonna win some some big stuff off of that. It, it's kind of tough because some of those matches early in the year. I mean, I've had mine since I first really started. I remember I grabbed him at the end of the year that he had his ACL tear. I'm like, mm-hmm. he's going to be solid for us when he gets a chance. I think he's going to get a chance, like with getting maybe taken over from like Archer's spot or whatever. I think he's going to get a chance. So I got him early on. And so I was starting him early in the year because of his his lower scores. I was starting him at in like 240 oh. and capped him and everything, oh. <laughs> which was great. And then all of a sudden his cap number kept going so far up. It's like, well, I, I've got to put him in all-star now. And so it was like, all right, well, if you just look at it, you're like, well, is he really going to get an 80 or a 90? Probably not. But like 60 is good for me. I'm just trying to win some rewards here and there. And then those games where he'd have 80, 90 and 100, it was like, oh, okay, well, he is an all-star player at this point for me, at least for my gallery. Especially over the summer. 
Yeah. Yeah. When all those like Mbappe type cards are, are off, although this summer it's Euros, so they won't be off. But yeah, I refer um, to that as my time to shine in the summer. Exactly. That yeah. have good cards can't use them. Exactly. That is that is exactly what I'm talking yeah, about. Except for all the summer competitions, like the Euros and stuff now. <laughs> yeah. Cutting into our it MLS power is, is truly in the how States. Dare <laughs> they. How dare they? Um, talk to me about Darlington Nagby as we're on midfielders here, because there doesn't seem to be a big plan B here. And the man's 33 going on 34. Um, he's a legend, no doubt, but can he continue to have the ridiculous legs that he has for forever? God, as a crew fan, I certainly hope so. I, I know it. I mean, they signed, him for two, they signed him for two more years, and that contract can be bought down to get him out of being a DP. So I expect that to happen when they find the DP that they want slash can acquire the DP that they decide upon. So I do think that'll happen. And I do think if he signed that deal, he intended to play those two years. I don't think it's just a one year. Um, and honestly, for him, he is the throw him in your cap 240 lineup and somehow yeah. he stays with the L15 that'll keep him in there, but somehow he still scores 60 and 65 almost. It's like, I know there's lower scores in there and that's how it happens, but it seems like you put him in at a cost of 50 and he scores 60 every time. I don't understand it. Like it's not, it's not what happens. It just feels that way. Yeah. And he can get it pretty cheap too. Cause I mean, he's a little bit older, so people don't really want to pay right. for that. And at this point, he looks like he's going to play forever, and he's going to continuously just win you. Well, and then he's just the started banging some of those top corner shots later in the year too, like just picking corners out of no, not out of nowhere. But oh, you get at least one. You know, you're getting one, if not more, Correct. every at least every season with Nagby. Yeah, he's so right. Good. And as I heard you guys saying, a kind of the backup plan. The backup plan for for either of those two is Zawadzki. He he fills either of their spots, and I'm not going to say he fills it either the way that either of them do, but Zawadzki plays either of their roles or kind of allows the other one to play. They, he, he, if, if one of, if one of them's out, Zawadzki's in and Morris plays the Nagby spot, Nagby plays Morris spot. Zawadzki's a little bit more defensive, but also we've seen, I think there was a stretch, not this year, but the previous year where Zawadzki came in for two or three games and just banged some, some goals. And I think he, at some point people were like, just going nuts for it. But he, when he's in there at, this, like the CDM, like the kind of six spot or even the eight, he's pretty solid. Now it's so real wise. It may not quite be there. I haven't really looked at it from that perspective, but play wise it is. And then he's also going to be a pivot at center back and yeah. the left, right, and even center center back spots. He's kind of a pivot. They did that last year when they were thin at center back. And he really, he's going to get into a lot of the games, which is kind of nice if you're not starting him because he'll get some 25s versus zeros and they'll count. Um, but he's yeah. he's going to play. He's Actually, definitely going to play. And I if either looking, of them's out, he's going to start. Yeah, I was just looking at that. Like 19 starts and 20 off the bench and only three times he didn't get in, one time not in the squad. Like that's kind of crazy. And also you were, you were talking about, you know, had a good run here at center back, like really good AA. When he yeah. starts, he throws up a 17 AA, which is absurd. Um, yep. So, I mean, obviously not goal decisive or not goal dependent, but if you're you're getting a guy who's like 38, 39, and he's when he starts as a 55, like that's a perfect 240 player, you know? Especially yep. if he starts and, like every other game. Right. When honestly, he's, I, I think, let's say, I think we're probably running, we're, we're definitely running 
running it back with with Camacho, Amundsen, and Marrera. I know we'll probably get to defense, but we're definitely running the back with those three at the back. If any of them get tight early in the year, can't get a start or whatever, somehow get a red card or whatever, I actually think he's probably the first one to actually start in one of those three spots, and they'll shift. Like if if it's let's say it's Camacho is is out, they'll move Marrera in central, and Zawadski will take his his left center, right center back spot because he can just they can trust him. I think they would they would give him the nod over Chiburgo, which I personally would, but that's a different story. So Chiburgo like, had I'm... some nervy moments last year that have just <laughs> very that anytime he would sneak in late, he's a great player, great guy, but anytime he would sneak in late, I'd sit there going, oh boy, between him and uh set pieces, I'm concerned. So before before we head to defenders and like leave the midfield, so you're basically saying that like picking up a Zawadski is not a bad idea because no matter what happens and look, things do happen. It's a physical sport, especially in the major league soccer. Uh, it's probably a good idea to pick him up for a reserve because uh, he'll slot in basically anywhere, right? Yeah. I mean, he can come in and he's also U23 again, for those that have yeah. the big enough galleries to care oh. about such things. Um, I, yeah, he's, he's a, he's the pivot for both Nagby and Morris. And then he's, any of the three center backs, usually the two either left or right, but he can, if for some reason they were both out and Morera or um, Camacho wouldn't then play central, he technically could pop in there as well. Love it. So he's, he's the first guy off the bench for five different positions, essentially, which is why he started half much, the games yeah. and came in the other half because yeah, you need a much. sub for any of those guys. He's the first. Cause a lot of the times what would happen is someone would come off and let's say it was time for Yeboah was getting tired. What would happen a lot would be Amundsen would move up to that left wing back spot. Zawadzki would play left center back, or he would come in on the right, or he would come in for Nagby early or Morris early, and he'd play that spot. Like he he really does, like you said, about five spots. He's pretty much the first one in, even if it means someone shuffling around wherever. But you don't care if he's in; he's in. Yeah, exactly. Right. It doesn't matter. So talk to me about the breakout star of the playoffs, Mo Farsi. Obviously, guy that basically said to Julian Gressel, get the heck out of here. This is my spot. And uh, kind of made it his own. I mean, he played incredible over that, uh, over that playoff run. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, he definitely made it incredible as far as on the field doing what we needed. It's weird from a so rare perspective, and you're going to live and die by the fact that it is a – right wing back, right wing, like, you know, so the matrix is not necessarily down. friendly to some of those things, but it, you also <laughs> yes. can, you can bang a hundred or you can bang a 15 and it might've been a hundred and turn into a 15. Like just, that's the kind of way the matrix plays it. As far as he on the actual field. He literally scored a zero one time as well in 76. Correct. Yeah. And it's, it's certainly possible um, to do that. And I was as shocked as anybody going into the, playoffs where all of a sudden he started starting over Gressel because I was starting Gressel in my lineup. So as soon as we yeah. got Gressel, I went immediately and got a defender card because I could slot him in a defense and I'm like, this is going to be awesome. And it, and it was. Yeah. And just for some reason, I think he just worked better with what Nancy wanted to see and the kind of profile of one of his wingbacks. And he's talented. He's fast. Oh, hold on a second. Sorry about that. He's um, He's talented. He's fast. And he came up from crew two. He got some run at the end of his crew two season when they won the title the first time. And he just plays into that. So rare wise, I have one for my limited collection. Cause I have all of them. I did not get a rare 
it just it, it's hard because you're he's very it's all nervous. or nothing. If <laughs> yeah. you have some lineups where you're swinging for the fences, put him in there. I just wouldn't yeah. put him in any you know any. Cap I, I actually really here. liked him. I like him a lot as like a cap two twenty type of guy, especially yeah. if you're gonna hit like these forties because like he got that seventy in him. Like he can go, but he's also got this without a decisive down. He puts up a zero. Just incredibly hard to do. Negative thirty six. Negative thirty six. You have to try for that. That is that is wild. Correct. And I don't even know. He. I don't even know. He might. I don't think he had a yellow card. I think he just. And we didn't even get hammered. He did not. He did not. And it was two nothing. But Hector Barrera was too much for Mo Farsi. It's it's what it was. (laughs) Thirteen duels lost. Two duels won. Like this is you lost twenty six points and duels lost. Yeah, it's third. Yeah, I mean, oh, I, I don't remember that game specific. Well, actually, I do. I remember that game. I don't remember his part in that game, but we could not get. You could tell. Under. I think yeah. that was the one where we were in Houston. It was like a midweek Wednesday, and it was hot as hell. And yeah. in August, just, yeah, that makes yeah, sense. and we just we just couldn't get it going. Just, and I assume yeah. if I I don't remember, but I assume he was just running up the wing trying to make something happen and getting his pocket picked and. The fun part is that's the only game you guys lost since the end of July all the way through the rest of the year. Was it really? And you only tied one other game, and it was the next week in Dallas. Actually, it wasn't oh. the next week. It was the next game week. But Yeah. Yeah, you had one loss and one tie, and it was both of them were in Texas. In, in Texas, in the heat, shortly after League's Cup, I think. Yeah. Yeah, there, yeah. everybody had League's Cup hangover, all right? It was it was there. Uh, JVIC yeah. brings up a really good point. There were some rumors of Farsi going abroad uh have you heard anything about that how legit are those is it just a bunch of nonsense that we always get i saw a couple people like saying something in a couple of the discords i were in about like farsi this farsi that i hadn't see physically seen like the tweet or whatever this came from and i haven't seen any of our like massive report or any of our beat writers at least i may have missed it i've been pretty busy we just had a kid a couple weeks ago and all that so i've been busy but i haven't seen anything where it was like yeah, this this has legs. I did see a couple of our beat reporters maybe acknowledge that there had been rumors, but then pointed out like he's in training. There he is. They posted a picture of him there. So cool. I, I don't know enough about that to say anything other than I haven't seen anything from our guys saying this is this is bad or here's a club with a name or whatever. So last why we do this. Last question about about Farsi before we get to the good stuff. Um, is he locked in starter? Like, is he going to start every match? Do you think? Yeah, I would say he's he's the starter up the right again, unless I mean, unless they have something up their sleeve as far as who they're trying to grab. Um, I think he's certainly the starter. I would think probably. I've never seen remembered seeing Sands play up the right. He usually played up the left, but that doesn't mean that he can't um, as far as like giving him some spells and all that. And then I would say it's probably Arfston behind him just based on how they played it out last year. Obviously, Gressel was there as well, but. I would yeah. say it's probably Arfston up the right beside him or behind him. But yeah, yeah I mean, we don't Sands have a natural just straight up replacement. Yeah, Sands was always up the left. I just know that that spot was open, so it wasn't like they needed True. him on the right. Because yeah. actually when Farsi first started playing those first, whatever he played, I think you can play four matches before they have to bring you up officially. When they did that the previous season, I think we played like New York when we were trying to get in the playoffs. He Farsi was playing left just because that's where they needed him. Yeah. So. All right, let's get into the good stuff. Tell me <laughs> about the big boys up front. Are they one? Are they both staying? Two? Are they both going to average 110 points this year? <laughs> so I hadn't, 
I keep, again, same thing where I'm seeing people in Discord going, isn't Kucha leaving? Have you heard about Kucha leaving? And like, I haven't seen, and again, I'm sorry, I haven't been all over, you know, Twitter and all that. If, and But I haven't seen big things about like Kucho linked to an actual club or Kucho, you know, is unhappy or wants to go back to the Prem or anything like that. I haven't seen any of those things. I don't know if people just kind of started saying, well, you can't have that good of a season and be that yeah. young and, and not just go somewhere. And I think right. that's more of, of what it probably is. I don't want people to go out there and think, oh, well, he's saying Kucho's 100% locked and then he goes because I don't know that. I know I have had my Cucho as soon as I could get one. That's just me. Lucky you. I just, I yeah. just upgraded. Well, no, I mean, I didn't or auction or anything. I, we, I have a very small gallery, but I, I made sure that I knew he was going to bang and, and he did. So I, I did sell, I made a swap. The, the, the one of, of the same year I had was available. And so I bought that and then I had two Cuchos for a little while and then sold my other one. But even the person I sold it to, I knew, um, he was like, if you heard anything, I said, I promise you, I've not heard anything. I just can't have two Cuchos. Like I'd love to, but I don't have that kind of budget. So I, I think he's back. He certainly loves playing there. He certainly loves playing with Rossi and Ramirez. They have the, the trio. I don't know if you guys saw the, uh, the stuff they started doing where they were making up the old, like helmet, the construction worker pose with the three of them. Oh, they, really? They That's cool. that, yeah. So I love Miro's, that. Miro's Crucho and Rossi have made that. And there's actually a t-shirt <laughs> with like their shadows on the, Oh, that's sick. Logo. Yeah. That's, that's actually um, really cool. So they're, they're loving playing together and they're loving it in Columbus. Obviously if somebody called from a big European league, he may want to go back or maybe, maybe he likes it. I'm not sure, but it, he, he seems to be very happy in Columbus as far as anything I've seen, heard, whatever. Yeah, I think the idea more, it's like, well, Rossi just got here. Cucho's been here, you know, and Zellerion just left out of nowhere. So it's like, you know, at this point, like Cucho is obviously the next guy to go in theory. But I mean, they're both so good. They both could go again. I I mean, I we by the sounds of it, they were actually only a couple thousand, hundred thousand dollars away from being finding a way to get Nagby bought down last year and finding a way to try to keep Cucho and have Rossi or sorry, keep. Zellerion and have all three of them, which would have been that would not have been fair. That no, it would not have been, and I would have loved that. Um, I kind of am hoping in my heart of hearts that like some of these other Saudi defectors that have left, like maybe Zella finds a way back and we can find a way to make it happen. But um Rossi obviously has you're not allowed to do that. No, the rest of the league vetoes you except for Miami, because they're not allowed to have a vote. Yeah, that's true. Um, but again, I haven't heard anything about Rossi either. I just, I think, I'd like to think that at least they would probably run it back this year. Now, who knows? Summer, summer window opens up and people start throwing money around. Like, yeah. it's hard to say anybody unless someone is literally born and raised in a Columbus or somewhere. Like, it's hard to say anyone is just a lock to never go. Like, yeah, it's not never go, and it's like short term. We right. think they're saying here, so. That's Correct. good good enough for me to see these 70s and the 60s and all this stuff and just keep banging. Correct. Um, that was another one that as soon as I heard that one was happening, I grabbed Rossi and and it yeah. was I don't remember the exact price, but I'm like that that's okay. even if you can find it. Everyone's like, well, it wasn't very good in Turkey. I'm like, yeah, but Cucho and Nagby and passing him the ball like yeah he's back there was a big vacuum there yeah and he already did it in the MLS he literally he's done it an MVP he's an MVP like less than five years ago I just remember Um, when I first joined I didn't know Jack about so rare and I was I hadn't 
watched a lot of MLS outside the crew in a while. And people kept talking about Rossi this, Rossi that, and U23 and everything. And then he just disappeared. So I'm like, oh, wait, that guy? Like, he was really good, and I couldn't afford him. So he's, whatever, I'll try it yeah. now. And then I couldn't afford him either. Wild. I had one, and then it didn't work. Uh, <laughs> I'm not bitter. You're bitter. And I'm guessing you um, didn't hold and wait for him to come back. Did not you. hold. Nope. Didn't hold, didn't hold it at all. Um, one of my one of my favorite young players on the uh, on the crew, and I'm wondering if he gets a little bit of a breakout this year, or if he's still kind of stuck in in sub duty land. Um, but Russell Rowe, he's obviously a big big uh, next pro guy and has done super well at that level. Um, is he? Does he have a chance of kind of breaking into this team? I mean, I don't really see where, but like. Maybe somebody goes down. Do you think he is really ready for, for the MLS? I think he's the first one in there when, if Cucho needs, obviously if Cucho needs needs a match, if we get fixture congestion, if he gets tired or even early in the year where you're trying not to run everyone's legs off, knowing that you might end up 50-something matches deep by the end. I think he's certainly the first one in to, to kind of take his spot or even Rossi's spot and he could get some starts on Ramirez as well. It just, it depends on how they line up that front because obviously Matan's in there as well. And there's been a couple rumors going to rumors. I actually did see there was a couple rumors um, earlier in the off season of, of one of the guys from the Belgian league. I don't know how to say his last name, but I think it's like Stoikers or Stuckers. Um, of possibly them being rumored to him. And then I haven't seen more about it, but obviously if they brought up any more attacking midfielders or anything, that's going to even congest it further. Cause Matan was yeah. a big prospect. And then I don't know if he just didn't jive with Porter or Porter didn't think he was very good. They shipped him off to Romania and then he comes back and Nancy throws him in there and he, he was awesome. So I remember him being really congested. good the first time. I, I was really right. impressed with Matan when he was there in Columbus the first time. Yeah, and I don't know. who I have no idea. It could have been a work ethic thing. It could have been he just didn't work out with Porter. I, I have no clue because it never made a sense to a lot of crew fans as to why he yeah. just didn't get in the lineup. So it's it's just tough because you've got those three with Ramirez, and then you've got Matan who's kind of up there attacking-wise as well. There's definitely some. There's definitely plenty of sub spots for Russell, and then if, like you said, if anybody goes down, I think there's certainly a chance for him to pop in there and play. I saw the the comment about um, Montreal yeah. rumors. Um, I Shout don't out to our good friend more, Thomas. Right, I don't know anything more than anyone else does that's read about it as far as anything inside. But I mean, it, he is obviously Canadian. He is obviously <laughs> talented, and if a team wants to, if we don't think Montreal obviously has nobody else to start there. Also true. So if he, you know, feels like he should start, and honestly, he probably should start for a lot of teams. Yeah, sure. It, it might be a fit unless they just really say, "Hey, you're our future. We give us some time or whatever." But it's certainly possible. Well, hey, it but sounds like way, you, you get, get his card, move. then he starts there, and he starts. Like it may not be as good of a fit, but you know, you're plays. either playing on a championship Columbus team as a backup, or you're maybe starting in Montreal. So either way, it sounds like Russell Rowe, you got a future here in the MLS, buddy. Correct. I love it, but. We're at, we're at 35 minutes. We're trying to keep these pretty short, but for you, <laughs> well, you picked what the is... wrong guy. Sorry. I tend oh, to no, no. Oh, trust me. It, it's not, me. I could, talks I could be anybody. here all night. I could be here all night, but what is your Columbus stack? If you had to like build a Columbus stack and you wanted to win, you wanted to go for a podium. What would you say is like the Columbus stack that you would run out? Cause there's a couple builds you could go <laughs> midfield forward, heavy, 
what would, what would you like? What would you do? I, I mean, I do already kind of have one. <laughs> um, other than losing out on XP a couple times towards the late end of the year, I was I was up there pretty high. Obviously, you know, you got Schulte in goal. It the most consistently scoring defender in the matrix wise is Amundsen to me. He he gets forward, he plays solid defense, and he gets a lot of a lot of good passes that are getting in there. And he makes a lot of good tackles. So scoring wise, more now that doesn't mean Morera can't bang an eighty here and there. Consistency though is Amundsen, and then obviously we talked about Farsi, where if you're really going for it, you might get a hundred, but then you might get fifteen. So my mine, I always have Amundsen in mine, um, which he doesn't have crew cards yet, but he does have New York cards still. He'll obviously have crew cards this year. Um, I have a level, I think it's twenty at this point, Morris. So I always start him at midfield. I had a. I literally had the first Zeller Ion ever. I didn't get it Ooh. when it was the first ever, but when I got it, it was the one of in the first year that he was out. That obviously is now a dead card. That was in that spot. So I ended up plugging in Morris at midfield. Um, I also at the time had Gressel defender, which RIP, but I still have it in case anyone's making a Miami stack. I may end up just going that route. Everybody. <laughs> Correct. Um and then I run out Cucho and Rossi. I got Rossi before his price spiked. I think I got it at like 0.07 before his price spiked up, like right as it was getting announced, because I don't think enough people either A, realized he had turkey cards, or B, thought he'd be any good. Um, and I go Cucho and Rossi, and every now and then one of them doesn't start or something like that. But that's the one I run out, and I think realistically, based on your greens and your yellows, that's <laughs> – it's sometimes getting two forwards is dicey, but also getting two forwards is how you can really get up there because that's your highest possible chance. I mean, now Rossi will even have more set pieces with Gressel not playing at all. I would think Rossi's going to have your corners and then him and Cucho have your free kicks with Cucho having penalties. So you're monopolizing set pieces between the two of them. Yeah. All right. Enough of this so rare stuff. What happens on the field in the MLS in 2024? How high does Columbus finish in the regular season? And when do they get knocked out of the playoffs? I am not the type of person that ever is the, we're going to run it back with the best team in the league, even if you, people think we are or say we are. That's just not me. I'm always, I what happened last year is, is me to a T. We've got a chance. We surprise a bunch of people. And then all of a sudden we make a run. That's just how I feel. So coming in with expectations, it's hard to run it back for sure. Obviously, L.A. almost did it. I'm glad they didn't. I think depth could be an issue. We were relatively lucky with injuries last year. I think depth could be an issue with having CONCACAF Champions League and having Leagues Cup and having all the matches and everything. I think depth could be an issue, though. Like, we've got Sands back, which is great. We didn't have him last year. I think we need a little more depth in midfield, but we've got some young guys yeah, I think we probably we kind of talked about like Zawadzki being like the only guy for five people and Russell. Right. Burrow well, he's the, he's definitely the first guy for five. He's not the yeah. only, but he's the well, he's true, the, true, true. the most the most solid one. I mean, obviously, yeah. we didn't even talk about Yaboa. He was he was very mm. surprising last year. He 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 got a little better defensively. He was very good offensively. Um, and yeah. same with Matan. So like midfield attacking attacking wise and midfield and forward were pretty deep. It gets thin around the center back area and it gets thin a little bit at defensive midfield since Zawadzki's yeah. playing all over the place. So prediction wise, I think it's probably a chance that we have one or two bigger injuries, maybe not long term, but big enough. And we've I wouldn't say certainly not missed the playoffs, but I'd say we're probably somewhere between one and six in the east. Like the one through the six. I don't think we fall way down. I would be that would be surprising. 
obviously people think we would have the talent to maybe one or two since he's not going anywhere still. They're going to go down a little. Go to, yeah, I wish they'd go back to Spoontown. But, I mean, Vasquez you know, is gone. Anyone. That was a big part of what they were doing. So They have Corey Baird, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> exactly my point. Um, yeah. But there, there is a team in South Beach that is probably not going to let you have number one. No, that, that's, oh. I mean, that's, that's one of those where you look at it and you're like, Hey, they're going to be the team and they're the all-stars and they're going to messy this. And it's going to be leagues cup all over again. But also those guys are old they and not a lot of, lot of matches. Not, and they've, and, and they've already and lost. They, can they do it in and, Houston on a Tuesday? Everyone always yeah, asks like, <laughs> exactly. Which obviously yeah. Columbus can't, as we looked at Bofars. Correct. Story. We did not. So it did it's not do possible. it at all. But you're going to have turf matches. You're going to have those kind of things, like whether or not. I mean, I'd love to see Miami be awesome just because it would be good for the league. I don't want them to be us, but I do yeah. love all of that. But you're clearly you know, not rivals with them, like Jorge. Right. We're certainly not favorites <laughs> to take the East. I just have a the same way I'm reserved on saying anyone's going to be awesome. I do feel like Miami, there will still be some growing pains, but they're going to be, when they're clicking, they're going to be a lot of fun it's to watch. And really, I think, yeah. I think New England will probably find it a little bit. Um, I'm sure there's a South Beach somewhere in Atlanta. I'm sure there is. There's got to be a restaurant or something named anything to fit in. Yeah, I think Atlanta's going to be solid as well. So I mean, there's and Nashville's always finds a way. Like there's in DC. I mean, there's five to six. DC, DC is a sleeping giant. So (laughs) I think there's five or six teams in the East that you could probably mix those five or six in any order, and I wouldn't be able to argue that you're completely wrong. So then it's just. I noticed you didn't say Orlando in any of that either. You know, I did forget that, but I promise you that was not intentional. So then you're Uh looking at uh six or seven teams. You're looking at Rodrigo Schlegel right behind Jorge's face, and you forgot it. Yes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But, yeah, I mean, that that really makes it six or seven teams. and it's So give me one number. One number. Where do you think? Just a guess. I think we probably come in. I think we probably find a way to come in, like, third. I think we're probably somewhere right around where we solid, finished this year. Yeah, and that's a solid. And it's number. a matter of matchup and are you hot at the right time? Exactly. I can see this. Revs are going to drop a little bit. Cincinnati's probably going to drop a little bit. Yeah. See, that's, I want I want money. to like argue with you and be like, nah, that's not going to happen. But like, there's no arguing with that. It's just it's foolproof, you know. It's stupid. Yeah, um, I mean, playoffs. I hope how far, and that's how fine. far can they go in the playoffs? It's can they beat Miami? Say- in a one-off game. I'm Ooh. the thing that I'm thinking is if you run out our starting lineup and their starting lineup, it would be a very underdog move for us to beat them. But we have the talent, maybe. But obviously, if you look at that team, it's all, it's amazing. But I kind of look at it as anytime they've put together those big it's soccer versus something else. But anytime that the superstar teams are put together, it takes a long time for them to gel in other sports, yeah. not necessarily soccer. And then also again. If they play us in May, they're probably destroying us. But playing any team with guys that are older, whatever, that late in the season, in the cold, in wherever it is, like is Miami they maybe, cold are, they maybe still awesome. Well, right, you're they're gonna get in theory, they get all the they're home matches be the home one. But just that late in the year, I wonder if they can hold up. And if they do, they're gonna walk through everybody like everyone thinks they are. I just see here's here's the up. thing with the synergy too, because these guys all played on the same team for like years before this. So it's not sure. like it's not like you're taking the MLS All Stars and putting them on one team. You're taking 
a Champions League team from 2014 and just moving it to the MLS 10 years later. Right. You're getting the band back together a few years later. With creaky knees. Exactly. This is this is the uh the Beatles of of, uh, and you're chipping in Julian world. Gressel, so like yeah, I mean, which is not not fair. nothing. Like and they it's have the kind of a joke Adelaide. that he moves around, but right. like he's not nothing. Like he's yeah. a very talented he's player. He's so good. He's so good. And there's two. Maybe there's they too beat much teams five to three, about. but they can probably beat teams five to three. Exactly. Drake Calendar is good too, though. Like, <laughs> hey, this is the Columbus I show. I don't know. Yeah, I'm still in Miami. Miami. Right. Well, Ooh, the and if they need another def- if they need another DP to make it work at the mid- at the oh. summer window, then Garber will give them one. So call him up, Donnie. Donnie boy, hello. Role. You can trade hello? one million Garber bucks guys. for another DP. That's a uh, that's a water bottle, not a phone. Look, this has been incredible. <laughs> MLS Cup champions 2023. Maybe they'll do it in 2024. Maybe not. I don't know. But this is incredible. Real quick before we get out of here, on the spot, bouncy coming in late. How does Gressel score at Miami? Thought you said this was not a Miami show. Eh, everything's he's a, a Columbus show player at this point. <laughs> he was a Columbus <laughs> player in 2023. So <laughs> fair enough. He was a Columbus fair. player long enough to not even get Columbus cards. <laughs> but he um, got a ring. I think. I think he. I mean, he's not going to have sets. I can only imagine much over. Obviously, that little guy from Argentina that's really good. Um, but Jordy if you're Ellis, in the midfield, <laughs> if you're in the midfield or even in defensive and getting forward and just whipping crosses into those talented players and, and getting all the passes and all that kind of stuff, I can only imagine his AA is going to be pretty solid. I mean, like I said, if they're winning matches five, three, he's getting, if you have a defender card, at least, or, you know, he's getting dinged for that a bit, but I think he probably scores a little better than he did in his his few start matches, solid ones for Columbus. I mean, I have one, and I'm keeping him for the time being to see what happens. So I will be selling. <laughs> you're gonna sell. You're gonna sell the hype on that one. Yeah, I'm selling the hype on that one. But this has been incredible. Thank you so much for coming on. Anytime we need to talk Columbus, you will be coming in. And guys, make sure you're subscribed and all that fun stuff. We have more of these coming out for you. There's a lot of teams, but we'll get through them. I promise. Be easy, stay think. straight, and get those rare cards. Get that threshold. MLS is back.